Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos, and I'm here with a quick but interesting episode, I hope, about a question that comes up a lot that we run into, but something I've been mulling over quite a bit for some investments in my business case, you all. So there's a guy that I came on my radar a couple of years ago. His name's Nick Huber, and he runs a podcast called The Sweaty Startup. Absolutely worth checking out. But he kind of came on the scene maybe four or five years ago. He's on one of my favorite podcasts, Tropical MBA. And he ended up kind of getting a big following on his own on Twitter. And now he has a fantastic email list. So it's been really, really intriguing watching this guy grow. He was a total bootstrap guy. I think he started a college moving company when he was in college, upgraded that into storage. And fast forward five years, he's got a $100 million real estate portfolio. And he's starting businesses, it seems, every two or three months. And it's really, really interesting because these things are scaling up to a super, super fast cash flow extremely quickly. And it begs the question, how do people like that work? And he's not a guy who came for money. He's not a guy who seeks outside investment for the most part, but he's able to achieve these really fantastic growths on, on businesses that honestly aren't that different from the way an average law firm operates too. So we're talking about stuff like he's starting agencies and starting insurance companies. A lot of these are really service-based people businesses, but he's able to move really, really quickly. I'll also throw this out there too. If you've ever known somebody who is a serial entrepreneur, somebody who's especially people who make exits, whenever you see these people start their second or third or fourth business, it's almost always faster. And despite a lot of popular belief, because I've spoken to a lot of these people, a lot of those folks are going to take that money and put it away into kind of like their nest egg stuff, like retirement accounts, slash blah, blah, blah. If you guys are running your own law firm, you know that the ability to top off a 401k versus investing your business is sometimes a balance that is rarely struck. So a lot of times those people are catching up on saving stuff, which means that the growth that they're seeing in their subsequent business launches is less related to the cash flow that they have in mind. So I've just been asking myself, what really causes this? And ultimately, we've also had the opportunity to work with people from all different areas of the spectrum and you know the agency as well. So I've gotten access to seeing kind of the different mindsets about how different people think about this. And I ultimately think the reason that people are able to move faster is because of stuff related to mindset around where money comes from. So basically, to kind of talk about this concept, there's, there's two things I want to talk about. So the confidence that a second time business owner is going to have that's allowing them to ramp is basically avoiding these little areas where people are saving up to make investments. And there's a couple different places that I want to talk about that are investments that create cash. So to kind of weigh these two different options, and I'll go into like the counterpoint of this right now is there's a mentality that says, I'm going to put this money into this thing because I know that it's going to make me money on XYZ term. And I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with being out for the time if I have to, but I know this is going to work and this is going to create investment. So I'm going to make this investment. Mindset two is, hey, I need to save up six months of salary for my employee. I need to have 12 months in the bank for this marketing initiative. And a lot of times you're asking the, you know, what kind of follows from that is you're putting the ability to generate money on a business that is not giving itself the ability to create money, which sounds a little bit recursive, but 
if you're at a 10K revenue number and you have to save $50,000, it's a lot easier to do that when you're at a 100K revenue number. And this sounds totally obvious when you say it out loud, but a lot of people end up doing this. And this is something that we run into a lot when we're doing marketing services for Casefield. I'll speak with people who are starting a new practice or moving from an existing firm to starting their hanging their own shingle or new to the practice, or they just sold their old, I mean, probably not the last one, but you get the idea. They are starting something for new and something you hear all the time is I got to save up money to do this. And when you're saving up money from something like referrals, it's really a situation that you have absolutely no control over with very, very few exceptions. So you're basically at the whims of something completely out of your control to take a decision and move forward. So not only is that really, really dangerous from potential missed revenues opportunities, if you can move something that's, if you can make an investment sooner that's generating you cash every month you delay that investment is money that you're losing. It's also, I think, in my opinion, more toxic from a sense of personal agency because you are deferring a decision that you need to make to an outside factor, i.e., money that you have no control over coming in. So let's consider those two paths. And I honestly think it's avoiding the second path that allows these very successful second time business owners to move faster. So I want to get into the two types of investments that create cash and kind of an example of each. The first one I want to talk about is hiring when you're over capacity. So super common thing I hear, especially people who've uh, gotten a good reputation in their community, they are kicking ass, they're getting a bunch of referrals. And what ends up happening is they're turning away business. So a lot of the times these people are on the fence because of, in my opinion, outdated numbers as far as saving up time for salary. And you could have a situation, I'll just, I'll just use some numbers for specifics. So let's say that you're over capacity, you need to make an associate hire to help you take some more of this work. And it's a $75,000 hire. So the framing of this is really, really important. And I, I got to give a, a shout out to a friend of the pod, Molly McGrath. She talks about this on her podcast all the time, but $75,000 hire doesn't mean that you're spending $75,000. In reality, uh, as long as you get your employment agreements in a good place, you're really going to be risking about 6,000 and dividing this by 12, 75 is going to be 6,250 per month. And again, you're probably not going to fire somebody after a month, but that's really the, the monthly burden. So if you have the situation where I'm just going to use 5,000 as an easy number, right? If you have the situation where you're getting, you're turning away four cases for $5,000, per month, and that hire would allow you to get those four cases taken care of, those cases paid for your hire, right? So you have $20,000 coming in, you have 6250 going out, you're netting $13,750. So that's an investment that's going to pay for itself, right? So you can either net $13,000 plus every single month when you make that decision today, or you can wait until you have $37,000 or whatever 75 divided by two is 3750, I think. And, you know, wait for that to happen. And that could take months, that could take years. Um, we all know money is liquid and they call it that because it's going to flow out of any crack that you allow it. So there's a lot of situations where people can sit on that decision potentially indefinitely, right? Or make the decision to move forward now and get that done right away. And I, I think that's the faster moving business owner decision. Second thing, and obviously a little partial to this, but making marketing investments, right? So if you have the situation where you have a marketing channel, and let's just say you use that same number, $5,000, and you're using that same number for your average ticket, which $5,000. If you have a situation where the marketing investment can bring one case per month, then it's free. And 
hopefully it's going to bring five to 10 times more than that, in which case you're going to be making money immediately. So again, to this person too, and like I see this happen all the time, oh, I need to save two months, I need to save three months. If it takes you six months to save the $15,000 and you start making net 10 every single month you're doing it, you're losing $60,000 by doing this. And not to mention just in terms of the lifestyle and what the experience of running the law firm is going to be like, even if this stuff is breaking even on the hires, even if it's breaking even on the marketing investments, you have upside out other ways, right? Because it's like that marketing hire is going to be making your fulfillment life easier. That marketing investment is going to be bringing a sense of abundance and potentially making it easier for you to close deals because you know you have stuff coming in every single day. There's intangibles associated with this that outside of the the numbers make it better. And then, you know, just to kind of go back to that other thing, in terms of how you feel as a business owner, being able to execute on something, make the decision and see it work is how anyone builds up confidence in this game. So a couple mindset things that I want to go over that can help you make these decisions if it's something that you want to do. One is not thinking about money, thinking about cases. I think there's a lot of people that have hangups with money, depending on your background. I've I've gone over with previous guests on the stuff that I have to deal with, but everyone's got their own baggage in some way. But I always try to think in in terms of cases. And when you have the situation where you're either over capacity or you have marketing with something that's proven to bring in different cases, then you can think about things a little bit easier. It's a lot easier to stomach, hey, I'm going to chop the first case off to this marketing hire and then the rest is gravy. Then, hey, I'm going to spend 6250 every single month in this marketing hire, and then hopefully they bring in $20,000, $25,000 or whatever it is, right? Think about things in terms of the cases. Think about things in terms of the trade-offs. It makes things a lot easier. The second thing, and this was something really interesting that I uh, heard from a mentor pretty earlier in my business career, and there's definitely ways that this can get you into hot water, but it's a really, really good option for a lot of people. So he called this the 30-day rule. So if you have the situation where you can put money down and stuff that money is going to bring in is going to come in in less than 30 days. So this is a super no-brainer for the situation where you have the overcapacity higher, depending on what the marketing is. This can be awesome. This can not be awesome. But if you can get money out and money coming back in within 30 days, that is not your money that you're spending. That is the bank's money. And the way that this works is you get a credit card, which you probably already have, you put the $5,000 for the marketing investment. So two examples and going through those either. So if you're starting somebody and their payroll is in two weeks, there's potential that you could close business from that additional hire within the first two weeks, which means that you are in the black from day one with that hire for the marketing perspective. If you've got something that works quickly, and this is a huge reason why I'm a big fan of paid traffic as, as a means to getting clients. If you've got something that can bring leads in and you have a system for closing it, then you can put the $5,000 investment on the credit card. You can close 10,000, you can pay off the 5,000 and then you're in the black. And then you just keep rolling that. So that's kind of the situation where it really comes down to. And, you know, just to kind of be like, you know, devil's advocate, uh, shadow boxing the ghost of, of Dave, Dave Ramsey, right? If you have the situation where you make a mistake and, oh, geez, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't sort of look like I could close this within 30 days, maybe it takes six weeks, then the amount of interest that you're going to pay on $5,000 on most credit cards is like 75 or 150 bucks or something like that. So to look at that as a cost and say, if I can have $150 to save six months on uh, scraping pennies together and checking my couch cushions to make this investment, the more sophisticated business owners that are moving faster are going to think that's an absolute no-brainer. But I want to acknowledge, right? 
you're talking about things from a logical, from an intellectual perspective. And people honestly have situations, and this is something that I was facing recently in, my, uh, in a business of mine about bringing on a sales hire, funny enough. But basically, that is, if you feel hesitant over this, you have to ask yourself why. I think in most cases, there is a lack of faith in how certain that you are that the investment is going to pay off, right? There's faith in the actual system, right? So if we're talking about a hire, well, is this person going to be able to plug in on day one? Am I going to be able to manage this person, et cetera? The other thing is, you know, faith in yourself to implement these things too. Like, hey, if I'm going to be paying for these leads, am I going to be able to close them? And, you know, these things are going to vary, right? There's nothing prescriptive I can talk to, like, as far as these different situations. But it's worth asking yourself and just kind of sitting with this, like, what would I need to see to be comfortable with making this investment? And another thing that's really important is what would I need to see to be comfortable in axing this investment? The only way that you get hosed on these things is if they don't work out and you continue paying for stuff. So that's why I talked about stuff about setting up your contracts in the right way and like with the employment stuff and, you know, just in general, making sure that you have an idea of what things will look like if you're good. You know, these are my criteria for keeping it. These are my criteria for doubling down. These are my criteria for cutting bait, right? And if you can get that stuff for yourself, it allows you to move forward with more certainty, which allows you to move forward with more speed, which allows you to get to your goals faster than you're planning. But that's basically it. So, I mean, there's kind of the situation and it really is sad like when we're talking about that counterpoint too, whenever we follow up with these situations, we're like, hey, let's talk in, you know, six months, see how it goes. A lot of times I never hear from people like that again. A lot of times we touch base and they, we get, they're we getting a, a bounce email message because they shut down their law firm. Sometimes they're in the same situation, but worse. It's actually really, really rare. And you have to ask yourself, if I need to level up, where is the money coming from? I recommend looking into ways to get it done as soon as possible. But basically, you know, the alternative to saving up is is kind of like staying in a rut, right? You can't expect to do more realistically with less. So and uh, there's a good quote that I, I like is a rut is a grave with the ends kicked out. So my recommendation is don't stay there longer than you need to. So I will conclude on this. I want you to think about the thing that you know that you need to do to get to the next level. Ask yourself what's really stopping you. A lot of these situations with money are ones that are more mental than a lot of people realize. But noodle on that. I'll see you guys next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Eastern on the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.